our pastor Ryan Longfield's best friend. But uh, he's not only Ryan's best friend. Um, I mean, literally, I think Vince found out like today that he was going to be speaking, and he came. And so I feel like that testifies as to the kind of man that Vince is. And so we are really privileged to be able to hear from him. He is a man who knows the voice of God. So listen to what he's saying. <laughs> he knows the voice of God. Um, so Vince, thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hi, everybody. I'm going to get a chair and a podium thing. Can I just stay back here? Is this appropriate? <laughs> no. Well, hello. I am uh, always super excited to come be with you guys. Super, super excited. And even when Ryan tells me two hours before I'm here, I'm still super excited. I, every time I come, I'm just, I, I get a lot. I get a lot. Hopefully I get to give a lot too, but I, I really do get a lot. And, and it's good to hear that uh, Ryan isn't quite Jesus yet. He's actually capable of getting sick. He's, he's a human just like you and I. He's not perfect. Uh, I'm not the only one that goes down with deathly, deathly intense illnesses every once in a while. My, I have three kids now. We have our third uh, seven weeks ago. So we have a seven-week-old at home. I had nothing to do with it. It was 100%, 100% my wife. She's not here. She sends her love. But we have three girls. Um, Violet's almost three. Lila's like 18 months, and now we have a seven-week-old. So we haven't slept in like three years. <laughs> and it's really intense, <laughs> and it's not for the faint of heart, and it's going great, okay? I'm, I, that's the message, it's going great. <laughs> no, we're, we're extremely happy. It's, it's overwhelmingly good. I never envisioned myself as a father of three girls. I expected three boys. I don't know why. Uh, that prophetic gift is cool, but it doesn't always work in, on time in the way that you think it will. But they've just been the joy of our lives. It's amazing. They're absolutely amazing and absolutely beautiful and tall. They're very tall. My wife and I are tall, so we're going to have volleyball players or <laughs> basketball players or something. So we're doing great. And um, I'm just super excited to be here. I feel like it's really fun when God puts you on the spot where it's like, I have to share something in a short amount of time, which is like normal life. Because that's not, you don't really prepare for relationships when you're talking to people. You don't prepare for interactions with people where God actually works through you, like in the workplace or at school. You, you don't really, you shouldn't really be preparing or rehearsing for those things. You should just be you and, and then good things happen out of them. So it's kind of fun when you get to speak in a context like this without a lot of preparation because then it's like, oh, okay, I can just kind of lean in and he can do the rest. And I like to live like that in general. And so it's, it's fun to be here this way. So let's pray and thank God because I feel like a lot of us are really going to get met today. And so, Father, we just thank you. We thank you. We thank you so much, so much, because you're so relentless in your pursuit of us. You're so faithful to come after us with your whole heart. You're so faithful to come after us with all of your resources, with all of your intention, with everything you have at your disposal. You put it in our direction and you say, I'm going to get them to where I want them to be. And uh, what a better friend could there be than you to do that for us every day. And so we just thank you, Holy Spirit, for being here with us today. We felt you so richly in the worship. We feel you so richly in our relationships here. The joy that's in this room is so contagious and beautiful. And God, most of all, we just thank you for Jesus. 
who he is and who he continues to be to us. So we just invite you, Jesus, uh, into this space. And personally, I just like you guys to do what I try to do as often as I can and just say, God, take a deeper place in my heart today. Like, just take more of me over. Just take more of the gifts and more of the callings and more of the stuff that you put in me that I don't even know is there yet. Just take more control of it and teach me how to give more of it back to you. So that's our prayer together as a family today. We pray that you would take more of us so you could send us further and do more with us, Jesus. In your name, amen. Amen. Well, I wanted to say... Your worship is coming along really nice. I, one, one, and, and I'm not talking about the quality of the songs or the quality of the, like how good you guys are playing notes. I'm talking about what you're singing and the tone of the room. Um, we can all worship, like we can all and worship as a practice, like sing songs and execute certain harmonies and things. But you guys are singing different songs today, not just because they're newer. You're singing different songs. There's more joy and there's more hope. And there's more celebration and love towards Jesus than there was years ago. I've been coming kind of on and off for a very long time, and, and churches are like people. We change. We grow up. We, we, get, we have hard seasons. We have great seasons. We have beautiful. We have, you know, all kinds of stuff. The worship's really changing in a really beautiful way, and I just want to applaud you for that. What it means is there's maturity growing here. You might be young or new to the church, but there's something changing in the, the DNA of the church that says God is good in spite of all, and God is good because of all. Does that make sense? There's hard things we've experienced, and he's in, in spite of those things, God's great, and I'm, I'm willing to worship him in that, in that context. And then there's the other side of it where because of all these good things we've now seen, he's good. You know, and, and that changes the nature of the worship. We're not just pleading with him anymore. Please, <laughs> please, help, help, you know. That's okay. And it's okay if you are, but I'm just saying as a, as a group, it feels like there's a lot of forward movement um, towards deeper, more beautiful things. So I want to encourage you in that. Um, what else do I want to tell you before I tell you what Jesus told me to tell you? So I'll tell you some stuff I want to tell you, then we can talk about the, the, the real important stuff. Um, I think there's a great emphasis of prayer coming to your church. I think there's a season ahead of you guys where it's going to be some really beautiful presence of God inspired things that change people's lives really dramatically but those are almost always founded on seasons of prayer and so I would just really encourage you guys if you have the opportunity to get in a regular routine personally and collectively that involves prayer try it just try it don't get weird about it and say I have to do it at 6 a.m. every day for the next six weeks and if you fail it was broken and I missed my opportunity don't get weird just try to do your best to consistently get involved in prayer. That's it. Try. Try. Prayer requires a lot of energy to chill out. It's almost harder to chill out in our culture and connect with God than it is to ramp yourself up, to get to an event, to participate. To really quiet down and hear from God requires a lot of you. Mental, physical, emotional. You got to get good at slowing down and making connection with someone that isn't physically in front of you. There's something to that. It's hard when you're full of demands and, and stuff. So I want to encourage you guys. Why I want to encourage you towards the collective version of that is because sometimes, all the time, sometimes all the time, if we do it together with other people, God has a way of giving it a little more grace 
He comes with a little bit more of himself. Where two or more are gathered, you know that concept. He's there all the time, right? So if you want to mature in your prayer life, it's great to practice with other people. And then you'll get better at it by yourself. That's, that's a tip from Vince McCary. <laughs> hope, hope that does something for you. Okay. I got a really cool thing to talk about, I think. I think it's cool. Um, so on the way over, less than two hours ago, <laughs> less than two hours ago, God was, just said, I, I want you to encourage them towards their radical commitment to partnering with me in my ways. Kind of a loaded sentence. There's a lot in there. Radical commitment towards partnership with God in his ways. Um, that's a, it's, a, it's a heavy statement. There's a lot to it. The per first person I think about anytime I ever think about the ways of God is Moses, because that's the first place I remember it showing up where someone goes, I want to know your ways. I, I want to understand your ways, God. He says that prayer kind of after he's got the children of Israel out of Egypt, and they're roaming around in the desert trying to find this place that God told them they were destined to go. And after a few laps in a desert, he goes, I'd really like to understand <laughs> how you think. That's kind, of, that's kind of the prayer. I'd like to understand your ways because you, the, the way you have us going is completely the opposite of the way I would have had us going. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I don't understand you. And I'd love to understand your ways because it would make, I think, my life easier if I actually understood it up here because... I'm trying to physically do everything you're telling me to do, but up here I'm, I'm saying we should go this way every time you say we should go this way. It's like automatic. God, what should we do tomorrow? Okay, you should turn right. Well, that's funny because I was destined, I was going to tell you we, we really should turn left. There was a lot of reasons. I, I had it, we were going to talk this morning, but you beat me to it again. And you start, you're saying right, and, and I, it just, but the funny thing is it keeps happening, God, over and over. This is probably what Moses' conversations were like, something like this. Every morning I wake up and you're telling me to do something that seems contrary to the way I thought you would tell me to go. Why don't I think like you? That's kind of a fun way of thinking about the same concept. Why don't I think like you yet? And Moses was pretty, pretty awesome. He'd done some pretty mature, amazing God things. But he's asking the question, I'd love to be more in line with you in the way you think and the way you do. And I, I'd really like to stop being surprised by the contradiction in me every time you say to do something. So, God says, I want you guys to be encouraged in the unyielding, like, the radical commitment to partnering with God in the pursuit of his ways. Um... I just, I want to say this. I, I'm 40 years old now. I had a big birthday this year. It makes me really old and really, really important. It means very little. Um, but I, I want to say this. It's really fun to, to, to step back after you've walked with the Lord for some time and go, how good am I at this? Like, how, how well do I execute the simple instructions he gives me? How honest am I about my natural tendencies 
that do or don't fall in line with God's will. And God's will can be vague, but I want to make it specific. Like, like God told me to do this job. It was really clear, and I prayed for months, and then there was all these signs that came together, like a dove was on my, my windowsill in the morning after I prayed the prayer, and then I went in, the, the boss's head was glowing, and I just like, there were so many things that, that he did to make it obvious for me. It was special in that moment. I remember it without a doubt. I had confirmation from four of my prayer partners. I'd, everything lined up. I knew it was right. He told me I'm supposed to do this. Maybe he did that for you with college. Sometimes if you're not too keen on how God works, you could be applying to six schools. He lets you in one, and you think, oh, this was the worst outcome, and it was really God making sure your way was set up. He can do that for us. He can do that with... Uh, okay, stop there. Stop. Um, he can do that in a lot of ways. He can limit your choices so that you go down a certain path. Okay? But I want, to, I, want to, I want to bring up something in your life where there was an automatic situation. You knew this was God's idea. That this is the right thing for me in this season. And then you start walking down that path. And then all of a sudden, you're, you're keenly aware. And I can give you a lot of personal examples. You're keenly aware of how unhappy you are on that path. Okay? I've had that experience with jobs really intensely. Very intensely. Um, you, you go through all the cycles of, God, did he actually tell me to do this job? My boss is surely not on the right side <laughs> of the God and devil equation. He's somewhere in between, and he's, he's, but probably not on the good side. There's, it's got to be him. There's some, there's some spirit here that's bad. Uh, uh, maybe this is like purging the sin out of me. This is, this is an obedience test. All those conversations, I mean, that can happen for like a, a year, two years, three years. After a while, you get tired, and you go, this can't be God. I'm continuing to walk in a direction with people I'm not excited about. I, I'm asking for a release. I'm asking to feel better about this. I've tried everything. I don't feel like I'm in agreement with God anymore. Maybe he's waiting for me to make a move. Maybe he somehow got quiet in the last two or three years in this area of my life. He seems to be speaking really loud over here, like, don't date him, don't date her. Yeah, he can say a lot about that. But when it comes to this thing where I'm every day in this path, he seems to be quiet, so maybe I'm just missing it. Step back for a second. How good am I at following the, the direction of God in my life every day, honestly? If you're sure he talked to you over here, you're still on that same track, but there's a lot of noise, most of it coming from inside of you. How good are you at following that directive that God gave you? And I, this is not like a condemnation thing. This is not like me calling you guys out as you're, you're doing the wrong thing. I want to bring you back to Moses, the guy who I think all of us would be excited to be 25% as awesome as. He, he felt this in a really, really deep way. He had, he had performed major miracles. He had known God face-to-face -face on the mountain, in the tabernacle. He was, he was closer, probably, than any of, of us will ever feel. You know, he just, he was really awesome. He felt this feeling. It's not wrong for you to feel these feelings. It's not bad. It's, you're not immature. You're not doing something wrong because you feel that way. But what I want you to do with me today is take a step back and go, okay, 
how, how good am I doing right now? In this season of my life, with the, the direction I feel like I'm going, that was provoked from the beginning by God. We're babies, he, we're, we're standing on the step, God pushes us off, he's like, just walk down this aisle, just go. That's it. And, and you look back, you go, are you sure? And he's pointing, look, he's pointing, that way. <laughs> All right. So you start kind of tumbling down, and you walk, and it's good, it feels good, and there's nice people, like, look, there's a nice person, beautiful red hair, I like, this, this is fun, I can keep going, this is encouraging. You kind of look over here, and, the, and the, you stop for a while, and all of a sudden you get pushed in the back. He's like, just, just keep walking. Daniel, thank you, that was nice meeting you, that's good. You keep going, you keep going. Pretty soon, it's like, you look around, and he's, he, he's not really there anymore, you don't, you're growing up a little bit, you were one at the first row, now you're three or four spiritual years. And you can kind of figure out, like, hey, where's Jesus? He, was, he pushed me a few months ago or a year or two ago, and, and I was going in the right path. I knew it. Now I'm kind of wandering, and I can see there's, it's pretty clear. This is where all this goes. I feel weird. I don't feel great. I know I'm doing the stuff, but I don't feel alive. I don't feel good. You're normal. You're super normal. You're extremely normal. And the difference between the mighty heroes isn't that they never felt this way. It's that they, in those moments, took the time to stop, step back and go, I'm not agreeing with you today like I'd like to. And it's infecting every part of my life. It's infecting the way I see my future because all I see is this path and I, I see the end of it there's a couple of people right there. They seem cool, but is that really? No offense, you just happen to be there. <laughs> you seem nice. I just don't know you that well. I, but, but really, like, that's my destiny? I'm not talking about you anymore. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> normal questions, normal feelings, normal process for all people, not called people, all people. God has an idea for your life that involves the most ultimate, amazing outcomes. But it always starts with this, start moving, trust me, start moving. And eventually, you're going to get to a point where you look around and go, ah, this couldn't be. He had to be confused. Something's wrong. Maybe I'm not hearing well anymore. You start doing all the different things. And so here's, here's where we are today. We're just like everybody else that went before us. We have the same equipment if we say to Jesus we want to be part of the family, he says, no problem. You're part of the family now. In fact, I'm going to make you, I'm going to change your DNA. Everything inside of you is now going to be the same stuff that I had and that all of our predecessors, your fathers had. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all, the, all of them. Esther, Naomi, all the good ones. You've got it now. So just trust and keep moving. Okay, so we're just like everybody else. That's the basics. But I want, to, I want to challenge us to say, okay, what is it about these moments in our lives where we come to a place where we go, okay, none of what I feel anymore wants to agree with what he said about where I should go. That's where the crucial like, junction of our destiny and our reality come together. Because it's in those moments where God will never force his hand on you. He will only encourage you in the best, most efficient, say efficient, He's a very efficient God. He will encourage you in the best and most efficient paths 
to accomplish the ultimate life possible for you. And not just for you, for your children and their children's children beyond them. Every person who you're destined to make relationships with, the best and most efficient path possible is what God is after. He does not waste our time. Ever. Ever. Okay? So, if you know he doesn't waste our time, and we know that he's told us to go in a certain way, and guys, we could simplify this a lot. We could just say, hey, good character. That's a simple, straight path. Be faithful to your spouse. Be faithful to your boyfriend or girlfriend. Live in honor in the ways and the basics of life. That's 101, but that's what he requires of us. He wants character. He doesn't call us for like revelation. He's not saying you have to have these real special moments. He'll invite us into those, but that's not required. What's required is we live in character in the direction he's called us to. That's it. Um, If he's calling us to something amazing, if he wants that for us, and we have this feeling, this contrary feeling, it's those junctions where we come to a point and we say, okay, God, I'm so uncomfortable, we have to make a choice today. That's when time begins to be a factor in your story. Because the moment I turn left, and I'm intrigued by what's left, amazing, wonderful, good, feels right, I should be here, but Jesus pushes me forward, and I, for some reason, resist, and I stop. And I say, I know you nudged me in the way you've nudged me before whether it was through family members' conversations, whether it was through personal convictions, whether it was through the Bible when I read it, whether it was through a prophetic word from somebody that had it, whatever the way in which God communicates with you, he will come alongside every time you're at risk of stalling out your path. He won't waste your time, and he cares that your life is fulfilled to the ultimate degree. He really does. He really cares. And so at those moments, we come... come to a junction, we wait and we say, okay, do I continue going in the way he called me, or do I stop and do something that all of us will do? All of us will do. I have done it a lot. All of us will do. Do we make this decision? I don't see him. Hello? Let's talk about this. I don't want to go down there anymore. It doesn't feel great for whatever reasons. Month number two. Hello? I'm not moving. I know you talked to me. Why don't you come clarify what's going on? Year number two. This is normal, okay? This is normal. Unless, unless I mean, normal for me. <laughs> normal for me. You guys might be ascending. It just like, <laughs> took him that long? <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. God judge me. I felt all my hair fell out. He's, he's like, you slow... <laughs> Like, do what I tell you. I'm warning you. Hair fell out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just stubborn. Um, we start resistance. It's like we start to engage with conversations from a place in our heart that the foundation of that place is, I feel a certain way, therefore it's just and justified for me to stand in opposition to what he's told me. I'm not, like, announcing that God isn't good, and I'm not announcing that I don't believe in him. But I'm, I'm fundamentally in here in a quiet, strong measure saying, I'm not moving. This has to get better. Like my circumstances have to change in order for me to trust and continue to move forward. 
I wouldn't say it's a fair request, but it's a request we all make. Okay, all of us make it. And I'm going to give you some scriptures even to prove it. We're not alone. Um, so where do we start with this? I want to encourage you today towards the radical commitment to agreement with the ways of God. So here's your prayer. I'll pray it for you. God, make me better at agreeing with you. Oh, it's just a tough one. It isn't, God, make my circumstances change. He knows, guys. He totally knows what's going on. He really, really knows. There's not like, it's not like he's, he's hanging out up there and things are so good that he's like, I just can't look at his life anymore. It's bothering me. It's, it looks too tough. When he gets it together, I'll come down and we'll clean things up. And it's like, you know, good begets good. And I'll, I'll get involved. Yeah. He's right here. Remember that moment when I was like, where are you? He usually is like right here, just kind of following me. <laughs> going, let's see what he does. Like, let's see if he trusts yet. Let's see if he's, he believes yet. You know, the beauty thing, beautiful thing about God, it's like when he pushes you down a path, he always like, puts cookie crumbs on that path. There's always like treats along the way. It's like you're, it's like you're uh, trick-or-treating, like as a lifestyle. It's like, <laughs> I, I, have to, I have to get down to the end of the block and then I'm gonna turn left and then I'll end up back at home. But like every door, I get a treat. And, like, and when we're young in God, he is totally good with it. He's totally good with it. He loves giving you like Snickers bars, like the king size ones when you're two years old. He doesn't care. He's like, spoil them. I'll give them everything. Let's, let's keep going. But when you're 40 years old, or when you're, you know, when you, when you have reached a place of maturity in your walk with him, has nothing about, nothing to do with your age. Remember, Jesus was 30, 33, and his story was done. So, like, I'm, <laughs> like, he got it all done way before I could, you know, like, I'm just, it's amazing, right? Like, he was perfect. He was perfect. He did it all. And I, and all the stories in the Bible, these guys are young, and they're, they're full of courage, and they're mature in ways that just make you wonder. Um, but he will help you along the path. But at some point, he wants you to have that moment where you look around and, and question and wonder and go, well, I just, I know he said to go, and so I'm going to keep going. And, and it sometimes in those moments feels like it gets darker, it gets harder, it gets worse. And then it's like when you take that, whatever step that is that needed to be taken, it's like a, he, there he is, with a huge smile. And so this, during worship today, I saw Jesus watching us, and, and we were all like sitting cross-legged and we had notepads. And he's like, look how beautiful they are. Look how beautiful they are. Look how dedicated, fastidious was the word. That's a SAT word. I think it basically means, I think. Does anybody got like the SAT brain? I know you do. I know you guys went to Cal. Like I know you nerded out and studied those books forever. I think it means something to the effect of like, they, they're really dedicated. <laughs> That's my trend. Like they don't really miss details. They're really on it. They're sincere about their commitment. Fastidious. Is that right? Yeah, close. <laughs> All right, good. Um, but he's like, they, they're really committed. They're really trying. They're really listening when I speak. They're really giving it 
all that they have in the way that they know how. And, and it's amazing because if at the end of your days you were to say one thing about yourself, I would hope that the thing you would want to say is, I was sincere in all my ways towards God. I wasn't perfect, but I was sincere. Like, I, I didn't miss an opportunity to be sincere. Um, and so that's kind of where God is saying you are. But then there's this other part where he wants to bring you higher and he wants to elevate your thinking and elevate your courage. Because I feel like if God wants to introduce you to something that has to do with his ways, you must be in a position that's much like Moses, where you're ready for things that are much more meaningful than just getting free and just getting saved. You're not just supposed to escape the darkness that you were once entrenched in. You're supposed to begin to walk with Jesus into things that are deeper and more profound and into promises that you would think would be impossible but for being next to him. I think that's what God has in mind for you. And so here's the thing that he told me to communicate. It's that that process of you faithfully, religiously, observing everything that you know to observe with God needs to change from this to setting the book down, putting the pencil down, and just looking at him. Because there's a difference between a teacher and someone that you're in love with. Jesus was a rabbi. He was the rabbi of all rabbis. He was the teacher of all teachers. But he was also much, much, much more. And there's no flaw in knowing him as teacher who wants to instruct you towards the best life possible. That's good. That's commendable, and I hope that we all have that same mindset, that that's what I want. But there's something more in the relationship with someone who's able to completely hold on to and commit their whole lives radically to something that may not make sense and be contrary even to their own thought processes. And, and they are able somehow to supernaturally partner with God and do things in the way he would do them not in the way their minds would tell them they should. And so that's what I think he wants to invite you into. Okay, I'm talking a lot. It's kind of serious. I get this way. I apologize. <laughs> no, but guys, I want you to think about it. Like, you could end your life and have an awesome life. Family, good jobs. You're all in the, the zone of probably smarter than a big percentage of the uh, country, probably more access to things than most people in the world. You have good basics already in line. Your life probably won't be that bad. And you're here, so you're probably trying to serve God. And if you, anoint, if you, I, if you are okay with him being your teacher, you're going to have an amazing life. You're going to help a lot of people, and you're really going to change your future and the, and the future of the people that follow you. But there could be more even than that. That's what I want to challenge you guys with. Because I think the more even than that is the thing where we have to come to these moments of, of confusion is really what it is. Where, where is he? Where am I going? How, how intensely should I be dedicated to this path? We have to come to those moments with a higher awareness that he's taking me somewhere I couldn't go unless I went this way. He is taking me somewhere I would never have been able to go unless I continue on this path. Okay, but you can't do that just by logic because logic in these points of confusion will completely disrupt and derail you from his ideas. Okay, let's get into the Bible real quick. All right, 
I've got three scriptures. Three quick scriptures. The first one, John 7. This is awesome. John 7, verse 3. I'm just going to read it. This, I've got a, this is the Passion Translation. I've been reading this one. I like it. You probably don't have it. It's okay. <laughs> All right, so Jesus' brothers came to him. His brothers, his physical brothers, like his mom's other kids and dad's other kids. So they came to him to advise him. They came to advise Jesus. First problem, right? Doesn't sound, that doesn't sound right. They said, why don't you leave the countryside villages and go to Judea where the crowds are so that your followers can see your miracles? No one can see what you're doing here in the backwoods of Galilee. How do you expect to be successful? Say successful. Oh, that's an ugly word. How do, you, how do you expect to be successful and famous if you do all these things in secret? Now is your time. Go to Jerusalem, come out of hiding, and show the world who you are. His brothers were pushing him, even though they didn't believe in him as Savior yet. <laughs> I don't have to say too much about that. I, I just want, I want you to see that it's so normal for us to not only push ourselves in a direction because of the ideas of success or, or destiny or calling, but everyone around us, too, has expectations. Your parents probably do. Your family members do. Your successful friends that are next to you, they're, they're doing good things, and they're like, hey, I wish you could keep up. That, like, saying it without saying it, like, like, things are going really good. There's expectations and pressure, and Jesus faced it just like we do. Okay, that's number one. And, I, and the other part of this story that I want you to pay attention to people that were that close to Jesus were capable of confusing the path that he was supposed to be on. So it's really normal. It's a normal part of our wrestling of God's idea of the way things ought to go versus the way we see them. Simple story. He's doing miracles, but he's out in the small towns. So they're like, go to the big city. Do these miracles in the big city. We'll be famous. That's <laughs> really what they're saying. Yeah. He would have been. Next one. Let's look at, yeah, let's do that one last. Let's go to Mark 8, verse 33. It says, Then Peter took him aside and rebuked him. But Jesus turned around, and glancing at all the other disciples, he, he rebuked Peter saying, get out of my sight, Satan. <laughs> That's a friendly word there, Satan. For your heart is not set on God's plan, but man's. It's just a, let's see what this one says. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You don't have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. I want to remind you who he's talking to, Peter. Many consider him the father of the... He's like, he was one of the best of the best. Like, he's my hero, this guy. Peter is amazing, amazing, amazingly devoted to God, amazingly devoted to Jesus. He was the one that was so fiercely and visibly... Like, he was the guy. Everyone, if you were to look to... Who was the leader of the disciples? Peter. He was the guy. They'd already done a bunch of miracles. They'd already, they'd already started to gain momentum in the community. There were so many people saved. And this conversation happens. 
there's context here. Jesus was telling the disciples, guys, I'm about to die. You don't get it, but it'll happen, and you'll understand it later. It goes on and on. It's very, there's a lot. It's a really rich passage. But this moment is so challenging because I think some of us feel, and I do at times, how much more time do I need to spend around God before I just, I get it? where I really am able to walk in the ways of God and, and I'm looking for like signs like I want to see people heal like I want to see like miraculous stuff going on in the, con- in the way that Jesus promised us I want to see that stuff that's part of my dilemma the other part of the dilemma is I want to feel good about following Jesus all the time not I get that there's hard moments but I want to feel empowered and alive knowing that like I'm in lockstep with him that every time I take a step he's with me every time I say a word it's like He's, he's there. There's no, like, contradiction. I'm not, like, I'm not infused with challenge due to these contrary things that are in me. But then I look back, and I see Peter, and I'm like, Peter was literally with him every day for years at this point, and he was super effective in the kingdom. I would, I would give so much to be as effective as, as Peter was. He was so effective, but then he's capable of this moment, And this is where we all can be. And if Jesus hadn't rebuked Peter here, Peter could have been stuck here in this mentality. It's the same mentality that Jesus' brothers had when they said, get out of these small villages. Don't talk about dying. We're going to go to the big city and we're going to take over the world. That's the destiny that we have in mind for you. Right? Your kingdom come, your will be done. It has to be heaven on earth. Like, you're talking about it all the time, right? 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 No? And then Peter comes along and goes, don't talk about dying. And he, he actually pulls Jesus aside and he says, Jesus, look, great talk. You all, you're good at this stuff. Great talk. But don't talk about dying anymore, okay? This is, it's silly. We're going to go take over Jerusalem here. It's, it's, it's prophesied. Okay, Jesus pauses and then he turns and he looks at everybody else in the room. And then I think pretty aggressively, there's an exclamation point, right? <laughs> I think pretty aggressively, he says, you're basically embodying the ideas of Satan in this moment. What you're saying is in agreement with the complete opposite of my destiny. And he says it in a very aggressive way. He calls him the devil. Like, you are the devil right now. What you're saying is basically you personifying the enemy of the world. Okay. Are you capable of that? Oh, he said no. This guy said no. Are you capable of that? Don't answer. Don't answer. (laughs) I'm totally capable of that. I guess this is what I'm trying to get across to you guys. We're all a lot like Peter. It's really easy to be confused by what we mentally agree with and what we feel. When Jesus or God comes along and says, my ways are right down this path, and you say, well, it'll be, if it's God's idea, it'll be really clear. It'll have character, and it'll all be righteous, and it'll be feel good, and I promise you it won't, always, because it's, your, your life will be a life just like everybody else's. You're going to experience death. You're going to experience sickness. You're going to experience disappointment. You're going to experience people not agreeing with you and not partnering with you and, and what you feel like God is telling you. If you're really living towards the ultimate life that God has in mind, you're going to face persecutions a lot like Jesus did in different ways in our time, okay? 
And so in those moments, we're extremely capable of listening to the voice inside that says, I thought we were going this way. I need to announce it to Jesus because he's obviously forgotten. Jesus, we're supposed to bring world-changing power into this city. Jerusalem, you've talked about it. That's the, that's the, that's the place. So, so Peter does what we all do. He listened to a voice that was contrary to God's path and plan, and he vocalized it. He said it out loud. All right. So I want you to do something really quick with me. I want you to forgive yourself for failing God and failing God's ideas for your life at the different moments. If you look back five, maybe ten years, we all have a track record. We all have a history where we were trying to live the best we could, but we all make mistakes. We all agree with ideas or take steps down paths that are contrary to God's ideas and God's best for us. One of the You'll never believe that someone else could. You may say, I'm forgiven and all those things. But until you really are like, you know, I, I, I forgive me. Peter messed up. John's, uh, Jesus' brothers messed up. Moses messed up. Remember he hit the rock twice? Go through the Bible. Every one of those guys mess up. Get to the point where you go, you know what? I'm no better than anybody else. I believe God has a destiny for me. I wish I would have done it better, but I forgive me. Now, Jesus where are you? And he's there. Close your eyes, he's there. And he has a huge smile on his face. And he says, thank you so much. I love you, I forgive you too. Now let's get back up and let's walk. That's step number one. Step number two is beginning to realize that there's something beyond what I can see that God is preparing me for and drawing me towards. You have to believe that. You have to believe that God is bigger than the, the outcome of the degree you're pursuing. Like the destiny of whatever your major is. You become partner in the law firm. You become a doctor that, that helps people get healed. Those are all amazing outcomes. But you have to believe that God is looking at you and he's saying, I'm not just preparing you for that. I'm preparing you for something that will, will infiltrate all the generations that come after you because I always look at you with family in mind. I always consider you with your parents, their parents, and their parents' parents. And I always then turn and I look at your children, their children, and their children's children, and I say, what should I do in this moment to affect all of this lineage and change what came to them from the back and, and change what's going out of them from the front? Because he wants you to be just like him, capable of walking in radical commitment to his ways. That's what he wants. He wants Peter fixed forever. He never wants Peter to have another moment where he's capable of rising up in opposition to the path that they're all supposed to go on. He doesn't want it, and he doesn't want it for you. And so if you don't, if you're, if you're a, a small-minded, I am never, was never supposed to be anything special, I, he can't believe very highly for me or of me. If that's where you are, let's change that today. Let's seriously change that today. Let's say that, you know what? Maybe, maybe it's me that will begin to start praying for people and they get healed. Maybe it's me who will get into this field that I'm studying, this mathematic field, and, and discover things, not just execute on a job or a career. Maybe it's me that has creativity and inventiveness inside of him, and God is actually in this season of my life preparing me to change 
the future for a lot of people. That's where you're, you have to go. You have to go. Otherwise, you're not quite to that moment yet where Jesus is like, you know, they, they put the pencil down. And they were just looking at me face to face. And they said that they just wanted a relationship with me. Because the thing is, when you encounter Jesus in a way where you actually see him, your idea not only of him will change, but your idea of yourself will change. You'll begin to believe in miracles. You'll begin to believe that he is capable of totally radically changing the future with me. Me. It's really how he is. It's who he is. He's that big and he's that high. One last scripture. And we will probably stop. John 14, 15. Loving me empowers you to obey my commands. That's pretty simple. Loving me empowers you to obey my commands. Loving Jesus empowers us to obey his commands. Guys, the simple message today, fight to stay on the track that God has you on. Don't jump off of it and scream and yell until he arrives. Just stay on it, and he can, he can keep you going in a direction that will ultimately end in your best interest, I promise. Um, and if it feels hard, remember your normal. And if you want to know how I could possibly get through this, I'd come to this verse, loving me empowers you to obey my command. I'm not talking about sin, right and wrong. Guys, if you're there, that's all been there. I, it, it, if, you're, if you're locked into, let's call some of these out because these are fun. If you're locked into lust, if you can't seem to shake it, that's not your destiny. That's not the full story for you. If, that, if you have the mentality that lust will be a part of your whole life, you don't see things the way that God sees them. Yet. You're not connected to his ways because his path is actually a path that will free you from anything like lust like insecurity, like fear, like greed, that will, that will cripple you and, and taint everything you touch and keep you in a position of mental compromise so that you can't confidently walk with him anywhere, let alone down a, a, whole, a whole road. So if you're, if you're stuck, if you're stuck, you're also normal because we all get stuck. But if you're stuck and there's something that haunts you and you can't seem to break it and you've, you've come to the point where you're like, uh, like I'm... I am addicted to pornography. I'm addicted to it. So therefore, I'll always be an addict. It will never be something I can't break out of. Or I'm addicted to alcohol, or I'm addicted to these things. Jesus, if you, if you were to meet Jesus, he'd say, oh, that's silly. That's, like, you're gonna, you want to be totally free? Like 100% free? I'll get you there. I'll get you there. Do you, like, if you see him and how pure and how amazingly free and how good God is, the closer you get to him, he'll get all of the Peter moments out of you. All of the things in you that are contrary to him, he'll get them out. You just trust. And in those moments of confusion, say, God, I'm going to keep walking forward. I'm going to keep walking forward. Less kind of nasty. I just want to point that out if you guys didn't know that. It's kind of a nasty one. It gets really quiet when that topic comes up because everyone faces it on some level. It's in our culture. It's everywhere. Women, it, it breeds... It, extreme insecurity in you. Man, it, it breeds extreme um, insecurity in you. You get, you get pulled towards things you'd never want to get pulled towards. Women, you're constantly plagued by feeling like you're not 100% enough because of that spirit that's behind that stuff. 
And if you want freedom from that today, this is definitely not the point of the sermon, but if you, if you want freedom from that today, I'd love to pray for you because you can break it and you can stay free from it and never, ever go back to it. It's 100% possible. Don't believe the lie that it's not possible. And it's just part of maybe your parents were affected by it. Freedom. That's one of the basic promises of Jesus. Basic. Like basic. No issues. That's an easy one for him. So I'd love to pray for you if that's something you want to pray about. But guys, I want to, I want to say this. You're amazing people. God is so pleased with you. He's so overwhelmingly happy. Every time I come in here, he's like, oh, I love this place. I totally love this place. Your worship's changing. It's getting more and more bright. I am, whew. Did you see that? Did you see sweat on my head and not tell me you're sweating? You look disgusting. It's embarrassing. So you guys all have hair. You do the same thing, but you have hair. Such a curse. Old Testament, it says it's a curse. It's a curse. I don't, I don't get it. Um, no, I, it's such a joy to be here. I, I hope that from today's talk, you guys come away with the sense that I, I am greater than where I'm at today. I'm going somewhere. He has very specific assignments for me. He has very specific people. If you're single, he has a very specific group of people and individual in mind for you, if that's in your heart. Don't ever question that God's big enough and has enough promise in him for those situations and circumstances in your life. If you're turning a corner and saying, I don't think that he really meant it when he put this thing in my heart, snap out of it. Snap out of it, okay? He's really big, and he can do things like that. He can do things like that. Let me pray for you. Father, I just, I thank you so much for these awesome people. I thank you more for your awesomeness, how big you are, how good you are, how faithful you are to pursue, how faithful you are to give us all the tools we need to change, and how excited you are about our future. And I just pray for the ones that are in this room right now, God, that have feelings like they are not destined for any good thing. If there's been depression on you and it's been following you around, I want you to be courageous, and I want you to ask the Lord to completely and radically change that situation. It's, a, it's, it's something that he is capable of fixing, no matter how long you've struggled with it, no matter how many times you've tried. Maybe your path today is one where you have been promised that you'd be free from this thing, but it continues to follow you, and it seems like this road is too long and you want to give up. I want you to, with great boldness, when we come for prayer time. I want you to come up and get prayer. I'm not going to call you out now, but I want you to come up and get prayer and make this commitment. I will not stop seeking help until it's done. I will kill this thing and it won't follow me. And if pornography is one of those things for you, I want you to take the same attitude. I will not stop down this path until this is completely broken. No compromise. <laughs> kind of intense today. Um, and God, we just, we love you. We love you so much. Jesus, you're trustworthy. You're, you're safe to give a whole life to, to commit an entire life to. You're safe. And so, God, we just honor you today. And we just say, change our hearts. Make us more bold and more like Moses, where we'd say over and over, teach me your ways because I want to walk in your paths. I want to go down the road with you wherever you want to go. And I want the moments of contradiction and confusion to become less and less and our joy and hope and courage to be more and more. 
Amen. 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 If you get, I really do want to open the door for prayer. If you guys want prayer, I'm sure you guys can introduce that. But thank you guys. Love you. Thank you. Yep.